0: The voice of reason, the voice of alarm, the voice of stats, the voice of scouts, the voice of Kool-Aid, the voice of dismay, the voice of Dave-O. Well, evidently, Harry Houdini was in the house tonight as the Royals escaped to bases loaded situations and back-to-back innings the ninth and the 10th to win the series in Motown take a 4-3 season series lead over the Tigers and move a game and a half up on Detroit as well as we welcome you into another edition of your dish on Clubhouse Conversation it's Devo on the twelve-thirty a.m version of the dish but that's not going to stop us You know, we promised to cover Royals baseball inside and out by interviewing your favorite current and former Royals and, of course, breaking down the games here on The Dish. And we're going to break down this one. We're going to preview the four-game set with Texas, but let's start out with our player of the game. And it's an obvious choice tonight for the Royals. If you remember, many hours ago, Chris Young pitched in this game, and he was quite effective, winning his second player of the game award of the year. Chris Young, six innings, no earned runs. Just the one run was allowed after the throwing error by Omar Infante, and then Ian Kinsler with the a single, the drive-in Detroit's only run. So one run, but no earns for Chris Young in his six innings. Only three hits, no walks, three strikeouts. As Chris Young continues his mastery of the Tigers and his mastery in the quote-unquote start spot start category. Although tonight wasn't really a true spot start since he'll be in the rotation for probably three more outings at least before Jason Vargas gets back. And all about the pitching, not just Young tonight, who, I mean, as they pointed out on TV so many times, it's just so hard to see. I mean, you got so many things working against you. The ball's coming from the sky. And you always hear the, you know, old baseball aficionados say, well, if they'd raised the mound again, you know, offense would be down. Well, that's probably true. And we've also seen offense go down with the absence of steroids, but I digress on that point. But yeah, Chris Young comes from so far above, he gets that extra. I would guess. I don't. I don't know. I don't. I'm not a scientist, but I would guess probably what a foot closer to you when he releases the ball, but with the lunge, I don't know. He's six ten. I don't. That's kind of a stupid thing to say. I have no idea, but I know he's closer than say Jason Frazier would be release point wise as he comes home. And uh, I mean, the ball just gets on you so quick. He hides it so well. They did a nice job on ESPN tonight. And there's a lot of things I didn't like about tonight's broadcast with Kruk and Schilling and how they seem to outwardly want the game to end right after the rain delay and oh no now we got to go to another inning oh you know what that means if this pitcher is hurt for Detroit somebody else gets as much time as they need to warm up you know if it's that big of a deal for you to be in the booth I mean seriously dude maybe find a different job maybe ESPN should find people who are passionate about being in the booth plenty of former players would kill for that gig on Sunday night baseball a six figure job and yes they're working more than one day a week I understand that but realistically they're working like three days a week you know, during the season, those guys, I mean, Schulman's not, but the, you know, Kruk and Chilling are not working more than a few days a week. I mean, come on. You're on TV. You're out really going for the game to end because you have been there a whole, what, a whole five hours. The game's gone. Boo-hoo. Would Ryan Lefevre or Rex Hudler do that? No. Would Denny Matthews do that? maybe. <laughs> but no, he wouldn't be that outward about it. But, but anyway, again, I digress on that point as well. The pitching was just great tonight, though. Another thing about the announcers while I'm on it, because I'm on my soapbox, let's just stay on there for a second. Was it just me or did every time the Tigers foul off a fastball or a slider, whatever the pitch, that Detroit missed their pitch? Oh, that was an extra base hit, you know, right there if he squares that up. Oh, if Victor is healthy. That's a home run next to bat. Oh, Victor is healthy. That's off the wall. Cespedes later in the game. Oh, that fastball. Cabrera lead the ninth against Frazier. It's like, it's like, dude, we get the point. I mean, yes, uh, probably a couple of those were pretty hittable pitches, but I'm sure the Royals missed several pitches as well. And I'm sure Miguel Cabrera and Victor Martinez miss uh, 75 or 100 of those every year. I mean, that's baseball. You don't square up the ball every single time. Not to mention those are not all meatballs. The Royals ERA would show that. I mean, so again, I'll get off of the soapbox now. Anyway, back on track. So Chris Young was awesome tonight. Ryan Mattson is scoreless seventh. As, you know, Chris Young was the comeback player of the year last year, and I, I heard the, the cool quote from Ryan Matson where he said the other day that Chris Young said, well, maybe I'll hand the torch off to you and you could be a comeback player of the year this year, Matson." And, wow, you could make a case so far. My goodness, a scoreless seventh with a K and a walk. Who saw that coming? I mean, we thought that they, the Royals should have kept Brian Flynn going back to late March. I mean, n- no. I mean, nobody could have seen this coming. I mean, yes, I'm sure the Royals knew Matson would be effective or they wouldn't have kept him. So... Kudos again to Jim Fergrisy Jr. and all the guys in the Royals front office, Dayton and, and Dave Island and, and Ned and so on and so forth. I mean everything they touch these days turns to gold. Best front office in baseball. Probably the best on field coaching staff as well. Ryan Matson just the latest example. Exhibit X. Way Davis a scoreless eighth inning. What else is new after the rain delay? It was too bad. Luke Hochever got announced into the, the game right as the uh, the monsoon showed up there, and he, so you know obviously we mentioned yesterday. I, I thought this might happen. I, I had a hunch that he would throw it tonight because he only threw three pitches yesterday. It was a kind of a day and a half as you know day game yesterday, night game tonight. He'd yet to throw back to back games all year. I thought tonight would be the night after the three pitch outing, and it was, or it would have been until the rain came and Hoch was announced. So he was wiped out. You can't ask a guy two hours later after a rain delay to come back out coming off and Tommy John and coming off when he hasn't bounced back all year. So I would imagine he's probably not available tomorrow after getting warm two days in a row, throwing yesterday. Probably don't pitch Luke tomorrow night. Jason Frazier didn't have it again tonight. And I don't want to make too much of this because his numbers are still spectacular, although some of that's that he's allowed some inherited runners to score who haven't gotten his ERA. But he has been struggling lately. Doesn't look quite the same his last four to five outings. And I'm thinking back to that outing against the Twins at home. When he relieved, uh, was it Vargas, I believe? Yes, Vargas that night. That was the night where I kind of noticed the stuff seems to be a tick slower. He's lost a little bit of the miles per hour. Uh, The braking stuff's not quite there. I don't know. Just something I've noticed. No big deal. Could just be a little slump. Not going to be overly alarmed by it, but just kind of a little side note on Frazier that I'm a hair nervous about him. A hit and two walks. Wiggled out, though, the ninth inning. Give him big-time credit. Frazier pitched awesome to get out of that inning. Didn't have his best stuff, didn't have his best command, and got out of it. According to the baseball tonight, guys, the ESPN broadcast crew on Sunday Night Baseball, he also gave up seven gopher balls that just happened to not get hit. But, again, I digress. Anyway, 10th inning, Greg Holland comes out of the Royals, get the lead, and doesn't have it, speaking of which. Three walks, a hit, and a strikeout. But that double play ball is our play of the game, obviously. Hernan Perez came in for Miguel Cabrera, who had been pinch-run for back in that ninth inning as Rajai Davis came in, and he's a pest out there, isn't he? Good little player. I like Rajai. But Perez against Greg Holland, as Rex Hudler would say, you've got to go, although he wouldn't have said that because it wasn't a strikeout. But double play ball, one hopper to Christian Cologne, who came home with a perfect throw to Perez, which was nice to see because in that Friday night game, he bounced that, the, bounce the throw on the same play. But him making that perfect strike allowed Perez to turn the double play there. Ended up saving the Royals, who walked Victor Martinez. Of course, he probably missed like you know missed nine home run pitches there as well, according to the announcers. But and then two two count, Holland split him up, throws a split two two strikeout of Cespedes. Ball game. Turn the lights off, and the Royals moved to twenty and eleven on the year. And going back to Christian Cologne for a second, let's give him some credit. Made the plays tonight. He's not a true third baseman, and he hasn't played a lot of third base. He ha- he did play, I believe he actually did play quite a bit of it in Omaha. Uh, was it last year or the year before? Two years ago, I believe. He did play quite a bit. I'll look that up. But I'm, I was down there and saw him play that at least three times when I was an Omaha person. So I know he has played more third than you would think, but he's obviously not a, a, you know a true third baseman. We saw that Friday night with not fielding the ball correctly with Pino. You know, not calling Pino off to take that ball. We saw him make the the bounce throw to Perez. We've seen an error over there. So, But tonight looked really good, and give him credit there. I mean, yeah, you might call it a routine play, but it's still a guy. I, I just want to give Christian Colon some credit. That's all I'm saying. It's a team win for the Royals tonight. It was nice. I mean, offensively, there wasn't much going on, but tip your cap to Shane Green. He was fantastic tonight for Detroit. The sinker was working after it hadn't been the last few starts. Eight innings, the Royals manages four hits against him. No walks, one run, and three strikeouts. Thank goodness for Gordo and Morales going back-to-back doubles there in the second inning and then manufacturing the run there. beautifully in the 10th. Gordon gets hit by the pitch, moves to second on the wild pitch. Salvi gives himself up on that at-bat to move the runner to third. Great at-bat by Salvi. Understanding the situation, put the team first. And then, of course, Omar Infante connects. Deep fly to center. Ball game, winning run for the Royals, as it would turn out to be. Although, of course, it wasn't near that easy, as we found out a few minutes after that. Only two hits tonight for the Royals. Only guy that had two was, I should say, was Dyson. Nobody else had more than two hits except for Rod out there for the Royals. Now, a late, late night, or really an early morning awaits for the Royals. They're Eastern time. So, let's see, this ball game ended at 1210. So, you figure our time, 1210. So we'll just go by Central because the Royals are coming back to Central. You figure the Royals get out of the locker room on the bus about 1.05, probably leave Detroit about 2, wheels off the ground to 2, and I don't know, what is it, probably a three-hour flight, two-and-a-half-hour, three-hour to Dallas from there. Probably land in Dallas about 5 a.m. By the time you're settled in your hotel room and – in bed, it's probably 6. So the Royals are going to have a very, very short night as they get there at 6. And we'll see if they come out sluggish tomorrow or not. I mean, they'll have an excuse. I mean, it is an excuse. If they come out sluggish, you know what? We probably would too. Especially since it's not the 80s and we're with the greenies and the coffee, <laughs> right? So let's go ahead and preview this this series. We'll kind of talk about tomorrow in depth, and then we'll kind of get into the other games more as the weekend, or the week, I should say, goes on. Texas themselves are 13-18 and 18 on the year. They're six and four, in their last ten. So they're playing good ball after a nice series against Tampa. 13 and 18 for the Rangers. They've struggled at home. Just three and nine at home. don't score a lot of runs, which is very un-Texas Ranger like. Twelfth in run score in the AL, where the Royals are second right now behind Toronto. They're eighth in ERA at four one oh, so middle of the pack in ERA. The Royals second at three three five. So Royals second in ERA, second in runs, going on the road against a team who struggles at home. you got to let the Royals for at least a split. And coming into this road trip, what did we say? We said that the you had to get one in Detroit. That was the expectation, and two was the goal. I mean, well, two was – okay, the goal, the expectation, you had to get one, and two was just nice. I mean, that was the goal, but the ex, you know, ex, expectation was one. I can't talk tonight. It's almost 1 o'clock in the morning. Royals exceeded the goal in Detroit. You wanted a four and three trip. Now you're two and one, so you split this series, it's okay. You come up with a four and three trip, that's a good trip. You get three out of four, it's a great trip. So a split's a good trip, and a a three out of four is a great trip. I think the Royals will probably split this series because Texas can pitch a little bit. Let's go through the matchups. Tomorrow it's Danny Duffy and Colby Lewis. Duffy, two and one, four, five, five. Lewis, two and two, two, six, one. So Colby Lewis has been good so far this year, though. He has lost three of his last four starts against the Royals. 0-2, as a matter of fact, last year against the Royals. September 1st here in KC, the Royals got him for four runs in seven innings. And then August 22nd, they got him for four runs in six innings. So he did lose both starts against KC. Lifetime, he's got a 6-3-5. So the Royals have hit Colby Lewis historically and last year. But he's been good in recent times, as in his last outing. (laughs) <laughs> eight innings and one run against the Astros and of course the 2-6 is off to a nice start so Duffy what will you get with him will you get uh, you know a solid start but no innings like the first few starts will you get an, a great start like two starts to go against Detroit or will you get a bad start I mean obviously he's not going to go one plus I, ho- I mean, I hope not good grief one plus last time against Cleveland what will you get from Danny we shall see. I do like the Royals tomorrow, but the, but the, the, there's this sluggish thing that comes in. I mean, you get to bed at 6 o'clock in the morning. You have to come out, be at the ballpark at 2 or 3 in the afternoon. I mean, it's it's not easy, so we'll see what happens. Uh, tomorrow's kind of a tough game to gauge because of the Danny Duffy factor and because of the fatigue factor. We'll, we'll go with the Royals tomorrow. Okay? We'll go with them in Game 1. Game 2 is Edinson, Volquez, and Nick Martinez. Martinez are righty has been off to a great start. 1-4-7 and 2-0 for Martinez. Volquez, 2-3 with a 2-6-5. Of course, had the blister, so we'll keep our eyes on that. Three runs and three innings for Volquez with six walks. But again, the blister, last start. Has almost no sample size historically against Texas. Has only started one time. Got rocked in that game. Five runs and five innings. Again, only one time. Nick Martinez has never seen the Royals before. And he's kind of a guy like Shane Green, who started... Lights out. That kind of got hit hard. I mean, his first four starts he had an o three five. Did Martinez, and then a four two two the last two. But he's never seen the Royals, so uh, I don't know about that game. I, I mean, you got to give the Royals the edge. If again, is Volquez healthy or not? How healthy is he? How will the Royals bullpen be on? Because again, the Royals bullpen's semi worn down now. If you don't have Hochaver tomorrow, you still got two more games without Herrera. Thank goodness he'll be back on Wednesday. The Royals need that twenty-fifth man back. Only two more games until you know where he's missing. Only three more games to get Kelvin Herrera back. Two more he suspended, but you probably no Hochaver tomorrow, no Herrera. But imagine Frazier's unavailable, hauling through what thirty pitches tonight. I mean, Davis is thrown. I mean, I don't know. Pino and Morales are probably going to have to give the Royals some innings tomorrow. In Game One, so we'll see what happens tomorrow versus Tuesday. I, I, I mean, I, I kind of like the Royals again Tuesday. Probably split those. I guess is probably what happens. Ventura and Giovanni Gallardo, who's a right-hander on Wednesday, two and five of the four one nine for Gallardo. Ventura two and two five one three. Toss up, leaning Royals. Last game of the series, Jeremy Guthrie versus a lefty Ross Detweiler, who's been awful this year. 0 4 with a 7 2 2 for Detweiler and Guthrie 2 2 with a 5 7 0 coming off a great start against the Tigers. We'll get into those last two games more. I don't want to preview them too much because it's 1 o'clock in the morning almost and I'm ready to go to bed. And I want to make sure a few, a few of you hear this before you go to bed. So we'll get this published right now. But uh, I mean, my expectation again, the Royals are second in ERA, second in runs. Uh, the Rangers aren't scoring runs with their middle of the pack. In pitching, uh, my expectation is the Royals probably split the series realistically. But I do—I don't know—I do like them in almost every matchup. Ugh, I don't know. I, I want to almost pick three out of four. I, I do, but uh, let's just let's just stay grounded here. Two and two is fine. The Royals have a game and a half lead over Detroit, and. Continue to play great baseball. This is fun. So we'll have it again for you again tomorrow night here on Clubhouse Conversation. Interviews all week. This is the place for all your favorite current and former Royals players and breakdowns of the games. Drop me a note as always if you enjoy this. Dave O at clubhouseconversation.com. You can click that link here from the website on the Contact Us page. There's the Twitter at Rails Clubhouse, the Facebook. Give us a like. Subscribe on iTunes. You know, bookmark the site. Thanks so much for, for finding us. Tell a friend. And we'll talk to you again tomorrow on Clubhouse Conversation.